Efforts to move toward rewarding value and quality of care have driven health systems to implement dozens of different quality measures assessing patient outcomes. But not all those outcomes reflect what matters to patients. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Thomas Lee, a professor at Harvard Medical School and Chief Medical Officer at Press Ganey. Dr. Lee has co-authored a perspective article about days spent at home at the end of life and other patient-centered outcomes. Dr. Lee, you write in your article that most people with a terminal illness prefer to spend their final days at home. Has that always been the case, or have we seen a shift in recent years in what people want? Well, I think that historically people have tended to die at home, and it's a phenomenon of the last half century that deaths have moved into the hospital. But it's very clear that patients actually fear dying in certain circumstances, all lined up in the hospital, helpless, and that their preferences are to die at home. But we're not just talking about the moment when people die and where they are at that moment. What we're really talking about in this paper is, are we organizing care to maximize the time people spend at home in the last several months of their life? And we think that there's no confusion that most people want to spend as much time as possible at home in the last, say, six months of life compared to being in the hospital or being in rehab facilities or nursing facilities. So given that patient preference and that it's highly consistent throughout the country, why did you find so much regional variation in the number of days that patients actually do spend at home? Well, it's not clear and we're hoping to see exploration when regions realize that they vary so much. I mean, it ranges from 120 days in the last six months of life in Miami and Los Angeles and McAllen, Texas, and it goes to like 146 in parts of Iowa and Rochester, Minnesota. You know, a three-week difference in the amount of time that people are spending at home in the last six months of life. And what we think is going on is that the care delivery system is just oriented more to getting people home and keeping them home in some regions than others. You talk in your article about the Camden Clinical Commissioning Group in the United Kingdom, a group that successfully organized its clinical and community resources around just this, increasing time spent at home at the end of life. So what does that kind of collaboration look like, and what can healthcare systems in the United States learn from that? Well, you know, it's a very interesting nuance, which is that there is a difference between doing more of good things as opposed to actually doing better in terms of performance. And we do a lot of good things in healthcare. I don't think we do many things without good intentions, but just doing more home health care, more visiting nurses, just doing more in general doesn't guarantee that we're actually going to give patients what they're hoping for. So the Camden Commissioning Group vignette is a really interesting one because they did focus groups with their frail elderly patients. And when they asked them, what's the outcome that you want us to maximize? What's the point of what we're supposed to be doing? And what they heard from patients was, we want to maximize the time spent at home. They really don't want to be in the hospital. They would rather be at home puttering around their own kitchens and so on. So when they made that their goal, all these very good people who were doing good things actually started working together in some different ways. Everyone was aware of how they were doing 
in getting people home and keeping them home. Of course, they wanted to do technically excellent care as they did it, but being aware that there was a clear idea of what performance really meant was to maximize time at home. It led to them actually increasing time at home. And one of the really nice things is that the morale among the people taking care of patients improved dramatically. You found that in regions where patients had more days on which they received home health services or hospice services, the patients in those regions actually spent fewer total days at home. So are there strategies to improve access to that kind of service but still not do too much? Well, you know, this was one of the really interesting findings from this analysis because it's the exact opposite of what I expected when we went into this. I expected to see that the more home health care was being provided in the region, the more time people would spend at home. It was a correlation that went in the opposite direction. And what it suggests is that in regions where we do more, we do more. So like, you know, we hospitalize people more and then we give them more home health services after they go home. But because we're not necessarily structured around the goal of keeping them home and keeping them safe at home, the patients seem to be bouncing back and spending more time in the hospital and skilled nursing facilities and so on. So it just highlights this distinction between doing more and doing better. And I think if we focus on the goals that actually matter to patients, we measure them and we put them in front of providers, we will do better. But we have to be focused on the goals that actually matter to patients. So aside from days spent at home, what other things do, what other outcomes do matter to patients? I think that there are some across-the-board outcomes. I think, you know, I don't want to be elusive about conflicts of interest, but I work for a company that measures likelihood to recommend. I do think likelihood to recommend reflects peace of mind, and I think peace of mind is important across the board. But to get more precise, I think we have to segment the population into groups of patients with similar needs, like similar, usually defined by medical condition. So patients with Parkinson's, patients with lung cancer, and then you can start to get into outcomes that matter to them and measure them and try to improve them. And some of the measures that we use really don't contribute much for certain conditions like knee replacement. You know, the mortality with knee replacement is 0.1%. Measuring post-op mortality as a quality metric for knee replacement just isn't helpful. It doesn't distinguish among anyone. And the fact is patients don't undergo knee replacement in order to avoid dying. They undergo knee replacement in order to be able to play with their grandchildren. So I think that measuring patient-reported outcomes by condition is going to be the next big phase of measuring what matters to patients and then taking it to a level where you can organize teams to do even better than the across-the-board metrics like days spent at home. So how can health systems begin to actually make those measurements of outcomes that matter? Or do the incentives need to come from state or national level? Well, I actually am optimistic that we don't need government to do this. I think that you know, we want to take care of our patients, and frankly, the battle for market share makes it a very good idea to figure out what really matters to patients and measure them. But I do think the very first step is to understand that patients are at the center of healthcare. They are what this work is all about. So measuring what matters to them, that is the first step of trying to improve performance and trying to be successful as well as proud of your work. I think days spent at home in contrast with readmissions, is an example of 
a metric that matters to patients. I think there are many more measures that matter to patients that when you start segmenting patients, you can capture and then try to improve. So finally, what should individual physicians do to ensure that their patients receive care in accordance with the preferences of those patients? Well, I don't think it takes more time. I do think it takes psychological stepping back and saying, okay, what is really going on here? What is really important to this patient? Yes, that may lead to a conversation that may take a little bit of time, but if you're not going to have those kind of conversations, you probably don't want to be in medicine. So asking patients what their goals are, what's important to them, and then trying to help them pursue those goals, I think that is completely consistent with everyone's notions of excellence and professionalism. And that's what I would encourage physicians to do as their first step. Thank you, Dr. Lee.